Hello everybody and welcome to the last women's football podcast before the World Cup begins because it is only as I currently speak four days away which is mad. Virtually it's a bit further than that and understandably that's where our focus is but still the whole thing is only four days away. I'm Ian Burns, you are who? Morning, Connor Clancy. <laughs> Connor Clancy, editor, Irish. Sorry, <laughs> I, I just envisaged myself doing. You know the um, do you remember Soccer AM? So you know, I never actually really watched that. I didn't have Sky. No, the crossbar yeah. challenge. They used to run up to the camera and they'd say their name, uh, position, and something else, which I, I think was nickname now, not nationality. But nickname. there you go. Is <laughs> it Irish or nickname? Yes. Yeah. Well, Irish to be person. fair, you would be surprised how yeah. many people in Italy just call me Irish. <laughs> well, I suppose I was going to say there's not many around. I mean, relatively speaking, there's not, but there are other Irish people in in, in the area. Yeah, there there aren't a lot. There aren't a lot. But I'm not in Italy now, Bernsey. I've I've come home. No, it's very true. He's in his kitchen. For anyone who's actually, I'm, I'm in my parents. We're both in our parents' kitchens, which is weird. You don't look like you're in a kitchen, nor do uh, you sound like you're in a kitchen. In a so well done for the, the acoustics. That has got inexplicably a wardrobe in it <laughs> which I is did then, want to question that it's that's full of cooking stuff that's like the, the big pans are and everything it's an unusual use of space and furniture but they run with it it works anyway people aren't here to hear about my parents kitchen I would imagine um, they're here to hear about the women's world cup because it's nearly starting and Italy are one of the last teams to get underway. Um, but they have done a little friendly in the meantime. Not one that was... Would you call this behind closed doors? I guess it was. Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. I, I, they're all doing that, which I think is a bit funny. Yeah, I don't know why we can't just have a friendly. <laughs> well, because it, it turns out you and they're not all that friendly, are they? <laughs> well, I imagine People don't want to see was. the crimes they're committing. <laughs> I'd like to think that this one was friendly. Um, I, I haven't seen any, not that I necessarily would, but I haven't seen anything to suggest that there was any violent assault that would lead to the game getting called off, which has happened elsewhere. Can we talk about that for a minute? How mad that is? <laughs> I've never heard of anything like that happening in football. No, I don't, I don't think I have. Um, so, listeners, if you're not aware, Ireland played Colombia in Australia in their final preparation game before the World Cup and the game was cancelled after 20 minutes because the Irish players feared for their bodies and that is a direct quote from the Irish national team manager Vera Pau um, Denise O'Sullivan had to go to hospital after 20 minutes and everybody thought guys what are we doing here so they, they cancelled it but what makes it ominous is that the press the Irish press were invited to the game and then when they got there they were told you're not coming in <laughs> <laughs> Everything about it is mad. Yeah. Um, especially given that, like, this all feels like something that would be happening at a home ground of somewhere. Mm. But, you know, this is in Australia. You know, they're, they're, they're all in theory on sort of best behaviour as guests in <laughs> another place. <coughs> and, and that's what they do. But, yeah. Um, shall we start by reminding everyone who is in Italy's group? 
Do, please, because I'm, I've got two groups in my head and they tend to get overlapped a little bit, so yeah. tell us. So I'll do it in the form of saying when the games are. Um, okay. Italy's first game is on Monday, July 24th, which obviously the sort of the curveball with this World Cup is being where it is for Europeans. The times are quite wild. Um, so it's 8 o'clock uh, Central European time. That is seven in the UK, so very early start. And America, you've got two in the morning <laughs> in the east and 11 at night the previous day. That makes that's sense. a lovely kickoff time if you're on the west coast of the US. I think that's horrible. I mean, it's better no, than I like the it. ones we got. But um, I quite like the idea of eight o'clock, if it was eight o'clock in the UK, because I'd probably sit down at the laptop and be working. Right, there. okay. So I'd just stick it on. Um, seven is a, that's a conscious effort to. Be I think you seven. do have a, <laughs> you have at least one eight thirty or eight o'clock kickoff. I think. Uh, yes. Yeah. They, they. This is the worst one for me time wise. So that's Italy versus Argentina. That is a team in the group. Then Saturday, July twenty nine. So quite, a, you know, almost a week between the games. Sweden versus Italy. That's the, you know, on paper the hardest. The game. scary one. Yeah. Um, that is 9.30 in Europe, um, 8.30 UK, 3.30 East, and half past midnight um, West. Yeah. Um, and then the game that, you know, again, in theory, in theory, in theory, is the easier game is South Africa because they have had all manner of preparation hell involving... We, yeah, we, we talked about it on the last pod, warring with the Football Association and protests, and they're not the only team that have had to come into the World Cup in this way. Um, how that affects them, don't know. There is, I don't know if you saw, I, think I should know, but there is one team, I think it's Nigeria, that have made quite serious noises about not playing their first game. I haven't seen that. I've been distracted by the, the Zambia sexual abuse well, yeah, things. Yeah, there, there are, while this World Cup is great, there are other things going on which are not great in relation to it. Um, but yeah, in theory, South Africa have had not had good preparation. Um, that should be an opportunity for Italy to win a game there if, if they haven't already. Um, that game is Wednesday, August 2nd, that, and that one is 9 o'clock. Europe. The reason I'm going through the times again is that it's different for every game. Mm-hmm. Nine o'clock Europe, um, eight o'clock UK. This is in the morning. Um, Three a.m. East Coast and midnight. So that's a bit confusing. That'll be as it turns to Wednesday, August second. Yeah. What I will say is for people listening, trying to take note of what time the games are kicking off. Don't worry because we will have previews of every single game up on the website in our usual style with the kickoff times for European audiences, UK Irish audiences and US audiences as well. And we'll add the local times into you, why not? We've already got them there in an article so we can just move yeah. them over. Yeah. Copy and paste the table. There I you mean, go. If, if if you want them all immediately <laughs> as you listen, you can go on the website and go to the complete guide because it's just, that's exactly where I'm reading it from. Good. It's, it's so complete that that's where it's a good ar- it's a good article that, isn't it? I, th- I think whoever wrote that did well. I think everyone would quite enjoy knowing that it's 2,000 words exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think that's quite important. 
And as a, as a, a peek behind the curtain, when you asked me to proofread it, it was 1,999. <laughs> and the instruction was, read this and also add a word. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's your group. Argentina, Sweden, South Africa. Uh, we've said before that this isn't going to be anything close to a doddle for Italy. It's going to be a very hard group to get out. Sweden are very good. Um, Argentina are, in theory, not as good as Sweden, but are good. South Africa, quite unknown for, like we were saying, lots of preparation difficulties, how they're going to come into this mindset-wise and you know results-wise. That That is the game that Italy will feel they have to win if they're going to get out of the group, certainly. Um, but apart from that, the next thing that we are going to talk about is players, because this is quite a cool Italy team in the sense that, you know, we made a lot of noise after the Euros about whether it's time to step away from a lot of older players, bring in some younger ones, et cetera, et cetera. And I'd say that she has done that. Um, yeah, when, when you sort of level that at a coach, you, you you sort of it feels like you rarely get what you ask for, <laughs> but I think that pretty much has happened. There are still obviously older heads in the squad, but there's a lot of younger ones as well. Yeah, I think a lot a lot of people are still complaining that it's too 2019 like, but I think we might have mentioned this on one of our paid podcasts that you you can't just replace everybody when there's nobody to come in, right? So I guess the idea might have been that. I don't know, maybe maybe Sassuolo had a better season this year and Maria Luisa Filangeri was in the 23 as opposed to going out as backup. And and then maybe another one of the old heads could drop out. But Elena Lenari's just won the league and has arguably been the best defender in Italy while doing it. Um, so you can't leave out players like that. Laura Giuliani might not play now um, because Francesco Durante started not only the game against Morocco in in at Spal's ground, but also the the friendly against New Zealand that just won. Um, so the, the changes are being made and we've got three teenagers. And like, there's this weird thing that I'm trying to process it myself, but the idea of a teenager in men's football is less remarkable than a teenager in women's football, if you know what I mean, right? Because if you look around the place, there's not that many elite level teenagers in women's football now whereas the likes of Mbappe Haaland a lot come through and impress really really young in in men's football but we've got Julia Dragoni who's 16 uh, Chiara Bacardi who's about to turn 19 she's still 18 now at the World Cup and Emma Severini who's 19 too and shockingly 19 because she plays with such a a mature head in midfield as well Um, so the, the changes have happened and even beyond that Jada Greggie's there and she wasn't at the Euros, which was inexplicable, but mm. she's there now. So the changes are happening and they're good. And I don't think Italy have a generation now that's going to be all conquering and go and win everything. And I do think it's important to contextualise this for people who might be listening who don't necessarily follow Italian women's football. But Italy will probably struggle this summer. But the fact that Bacardi's there, Dragoni's there, Severini's there, Greggie's there. It's good. There are signs that this is a team that's going in the right direction. Um, I don't think this generation will win anything, but we're moving towards 
something. Um, probably at a slower pace than a lot of the the competition, unfortunately. Yeah, I sort of <clears throat> it's 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 hard to gauge expectations for this, but in in my head, I'm kind of thinking four points would be good, in the sense that if he beat South Africa and managed yeah. to get a point against somebody else, and you know four points in a World Cup group can get you through in the right circumstances. Yeah. Um, but even if it didn't, if they narrowly missed out with four points and and sort of had at least one and a half genuinely good displays in within those no, three I agree. games. If, if Italy lose one game of three, that's decent. Yeah, because you'd assume that would be Sweden. Um, yeah, the Argentina game always feels like the most important and it's first, which is... Very interesting. I'm so um, excited. And you saying <laughs> things like that just makes me more excited too. Like I'm really, really excited for this World Cup. Um, to to have an interest in two nations at a World Cup is... Mm. It's genuinely never happened for me before. Because the last time Ireland Ireland's men team were at a World Cup was 2002. And back then I was... How old was I? Eight. I was eight years old. I didn't care about any other country. Mm. Um. But now, like, it's, it's my home country and the country that I now live in. They're both there. It's Ireland's first ever. It's Italy's second in a row. So I am very, very excited about this. And you like to see England do well, don't you? I'm just going <laughs> to let that hang like the bad smell that it is. Um, but no, I've, I think I've said this to you, that when it comes to the women's team, I, I don't really... Like, they won the Euros last year and I wasn't disappointed yeah, it's, whereas it's if, hard to really i mean a large part i would imagine of what you dislike about the england men's team is the people who really like the england men's team yeah and, and yeah that doesn't really translate very well to the women's game because generally speaking no follow the women's national team very closely are nicer <laughs> yeah um there's a lot of nice people in that world isn't there um which I'm sure there's a lot of nice people in the men's world too but they tend to be drowned out by idiots um yeah. but also on individual level levels a lot of the players are just very likable aren't they it's a very like, very likable squad yeah we regularly chat about leah williamson being just one of the most likable people in the public eye um i really like georgia stanway as well and i can't work out why but she's she's quite pleasant alatoon as well they've, they've all got yeah. their little characters and i do quite like them but yeah like stop that let's not have them win but i i don't want i don't want the u.s to win either and there's just yeah. something that feels like that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it always feels like they're going to win everything. Mm. <laughs> um, players to watch, we will discuss. I'm going to pick out, the, I'm going to say the ones that you chose. For... Well, that's cheating. They're mine. Well, I'm just saying them. I mean, okay. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's, it's quite sort of symmetrical what you've chose because you've got two UV forwards and two Roman midfielders. Um, Pon and Sarah obviously, is just really good. Mm. Um, she needs a little introduction, really. Uh, Jada Greggi, like you say, in, in this sort of weird nether zone where this is her first time at major tournament, sort of doing anything major for Italy, but also, like, she's far from, like, this unknown young midfielder or anything like that. She, you know, she's not in the Dragani sphere. Yeah, she's Italy's best midfielder. Yeah. Like... Um, Girelli, again, pretty much... Cut and paste of Bonanzaia in terms of stature, um, importance of the team, what her job is. Um, and Manuela Giuliano, 
who is just a very nice footballer to watch. One of the smoothest footballers. Right, so that's the... that Because there's two sections with players in the article, isn't there? There's the yeah. who are Italy's best players and then there's the ones to watch. But oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, those <laughs> those were pretty those were pretty obvious choices. Like Barbara Bonanza is the best Italian footballer there is. Yeah. Like she can do everything. She'll probably start on the left of a front three if they stick with their original. But actually to be fair, they have shown signs of shifting. So I don't know how she obviously fits into the new three five two, whatever it is. It's three and wing backs. The rest is a bit more up in the air. Um, I don't know how she fits in there. I kind of hope that they don't start with the front two of Girelli and Bonanzea, despite them being the two best attackers. I, I just because we're we're looking forward to seeing like signs of something for the future. I don't think you want Girelli and Bonanzea to be the, the the front two, but I don't know. Yeah, it it would feel a bit sort of. Oh right, okay. Like yeah, it, it wouldn't sort of light a fire within you when you start watching the game. But also, I I could understand why, um, why it very much could possibly happen. I um, will say though, I I very like I, I want Kiara Bakari to start. I don't think that will be a surprise. And she looked excellent in the ten minutes that she had on the pitch with Valentina Giacinti. Like not only did she look excellent, but Giacinti looked like she was really enjoying playing with her. And Bakari was finding her because Bakari's a really clever striker, right? She's she's good at creating chances for others as much as she is making them for herself. And that is a partnership that I'd very much like to see in action at the World Cup. But I don't think we're going to have a team that doesn't have one of Bonanza or Girelli in it. And to be fair, they're brilliant. So I can't really complain about that being the case yeah. either. Yeah, Bakari is one that I sort of think of her as like just an all-round attacker. I don't think of mm. her as a striker. Um, actually, she can do that, but I don't think of her primarily as that. It should also be said that um, Italy won that friendly against New Zealand 1-0 and it was Jacinta who scored, mm-hmm. um, which counts for, you know, it sounds simplistic. And in, in the game against Morocco, it was Jacinta who had all of the mm. clear chances. Like, yeah. she was through one-on-one twice. I think they were both assisted by Beccari, actually, but... It, it does it'd, matter. It'd be quite surprising if she didn't start against Argentina, I think. I think I think it'd be a bit cruel, possibly, if she, mm. she doesn't, because she does seem to have been the main striker just in the sort of immediate run-up to the tournament. Yeah. Um, I don't know if... if I don't know if it, no, she would have been there as well, so it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, and, and there is... It's unsimplistic, but there is something to be said for with strikers, the simplicity of... Oh, if if they're scoring right now, play them. Sort of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, momentum agreed. Is a massive thing for strikers. It's more of a thing for strikers than it is for any other um, type of player in a team. And I want her to score goals. Um, like I say, there's another little section here of players to watch, which is surprise players to watch. Believe it or not, Julia. Dragone have I gone for? This. <laughs> have I gone for Dragonu Bakari and Liana? Definitely the first two. Yes. All three. <laughs> um, I mean, we just spoke about Bakari quite a lot. She's she's just great, um, and like you say, should in theory get a quite a decent amount of minutes. Mm. I don't think she'll start, but she should play. Mm. And then 
Dragoni, you sent me a message of the the picture of the lineup against mm. New Zealand. Um, and she was in it, right? Because I was looking yeah. at it really closely, and I was pretty sure I found up like I could tell which one she was. But she had a different number on to the Morocco game. They, they'd all moved. Yeah, they didn't wear their squad numbers in the Morocco <laughs> game, but they've got their squad numbers on in this one. So she's sixteen, front row, yeah. far right. No, I, was, I was looking for fourteen because basically you sent the message and then you said, um, "Trigoni's going to start, isn't she, at the World Cup?" And I was mm. sort of looking at it like, "Is she in here?" <laughs> it's funny <laughs> that you mentioned that, Bernsey, because. People will be watching this World Cup wondering who is who, won't they? Well, so they will. If only there was an article on a really good website that listed every player's squad number <laughs> for the Italian national team. That would be a good idea, wouldn't it? Um, there is one. Who is each player for every single player in the squad? Yeah. <laughs> That's a lie. We don't. But I, I, think, I think that team was interesting, you know, because Durante is the goalkeeper... And then there's I'm trying to see a third defender, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read through it from back row to front row because it was Durante Leona, Caruso Salvai, Linari, Bononcea as captain, uh Di Guglielmo, Giuliano, Boatin, Giacinti and Dragoni. So there's no Girelli there who is the captain at this World Cup and there's no Jadagregi there which I'm concerned about because I, I genuinely think that Bertolini's going to go with Dragoni now and leave out Greggi again. I just think she's got a bit of a blind spot when it comes to Jada Greggi, which is odd. But that... I don't think we're unreasonable to, to think that that might be the team that starts the first game, right? And I wouldn't have expected Leon not to be there. I wouldn't have expected Dragoni to be there. And... I wouldn't necessarily have expected Di Guglielmo to be there either. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you on all three, to be honest. Um, the, the the Dragoni thing is really interesting because like, you, you hear of a 16-year-old being called up to World Cup and you think, okay, there for the experience sort of thing. Um, that's the kind of immediate cliche you'd level at that. Uh, oh, sorry if you can hear shouting. The cat is... Absolutely I was going to say that's a cat, isn't it? <laughs> you know, I actually might have to let him out because he will just scream at me. That's all right. But I'm I'm trying to I'm looking at this eleven and I don't know what formation it would have been if if they went along the same lines as the Morocco game. I'm instinctively thinking it must have been a back three slash five. There's Digu Yalman Lyon there who would have been the wing backs, but Botian's also there. Because this game was behind closed doors and without media coverage, it's hard to work out what happened. But I don't know. I don't know how it's going to look when they play their first game. There, there were talks after the Morocco game that Italy have been working a lot on that 3-5-2-3-4-3. So you'd imagine that's, that'll be how they'll play it. But again, that team is very, very unusual, so we don't know. Yeah, so like I say, I think I would be happy if they got four points. Um, but you know, if, if 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 they win against Argentina, so suddenly, <laughs> ooh, <laughs> all the animals are appearing. There's shouting. I might leave all of these in. <laughs> I knew that. See, I saw someone walking up the street, and I didn't expect the bark because Bailey likes him, <laughs> but. There you but go. So, 
because I was still in cat mode. That really, really messed with my head. Because I heard the bark and I was like, my cat just barked at me. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, if if you beat if you beat Argentina and you've got it, you know, I, I, I need to stress, I'm not working on this math, like this assumption that Italy beat South Africa. But yeah. that is the most winnable game. Um, if they beat Argentina, suddenly you're like, oh, hang on. You know, we, we only need to, six points will do you. Mm-hmm. Um, suddenly it all gets a bit exciting. <laughs> First game ends nil-nil, I reckon. Uh, I reckon both teams are just like, let's not lose this. Mm. But yeah, I take your point. If you win that opening game, you back yourself, don't you? I would, I'd stop short of saying I'd be really happy with, with four points. I think Italy should be getting four points. Um, They should be getting at least three. Like last year's Euros was so shambolic. But I think it was largely shaped by being 5-0 down against France at halftime in the first game. They're not going to be 5-0 down against Argentina at halftime in the first game. So they they shouldn't have their confidence destroyed before they ever get going. Um, So I... I think Italy should be aiming for six points because they're more than capable of it. I don't think they're like they're not necessarily better than both Argentina and South Africa, but they're capable of beating both of those teams in the same way that both of those teams are capable of beating Italy. But six points should be the aim because I can't see them beating Sweden. Um, but you never know. They might be able to hold them to a draw or, or something. But... I do think they've got to try and beat those two non-European teams and then they don't have to worry about anything else. If you get four points as well, you're kind of hoping that other things go your way. Six points does the job you're through. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm with you. I, th- I think you're right with the the four points thing. Um, I, th- I think I think what I mean with that is that it's you're, you're content with that. It feels like a bit of progress compared to the Euros. Mm. Um, the bar, the bar's low though, isn't it? Yeah, like yeah. that was, like that, that was five shit. Mil, it really, that that very much hung over everything to do with the next two games. Because I remember watching the other two games though and thinking Italy haven't actually been that. They've not been bad from back to front, but they've been stinking around the box. Yeah. And in theory, that shouldn't be the case this year because you've got the unpredictability of a Bakari popping up. You can bring a Dragoni on as well, or. We we have a suspicion that she might start now as well because of that friendly game, which is mad. But yeah, the impact sixteen year old from the from the start. <laughs> um, Would it be remiss of us to not actually talk about her a little bit more? Y- you've written an article on the website, kind of given her background. Um, so people will be listening to this, looking for information about who the hell she is, because it wouldn't be unreasonable for people to not know who the hell she is. No, yeah, you, uh, for a sixteen-year-old who doesn't even play in Italy, you're um, within your right not to, not to know. But basically, she so she came through. I say came through. She was at other like youth teams, and then was at, in, at Inter. She played four games. Uh, well, played in four games last season, but it amassed to it was ninety-two minutes. So essentially, a game, um, and didn't. Partly from my memory and also from stats, didn't do anything mental in in in, in those ninety two minutes, um, but she clearly showed enough that 
Barcelona paid money for her. Um, it's not been said how much. It's all undisclosed and everything. But yeah, they they bought her, and she became the first non-Spanish female player in La Masia, which is quite a quite a thing to have in your name. Um, she did a really good interview with um, what are they called? Chronica de Spoliotolo. Something like yeah, it's it's not an, not an easy one to say. Tales of the dressing room. Tales of the dressing room. Um, that's a nice name. Um, and basically, what she, she kind of said that when she first arrived, she was um, having a breakfast and stuff, and then she immediately saw Robert Lewandowski going to do some filming Mad, or something. Which, you know, obviously there's big names in the inter men setup, but I'm sure she must have bumped into it at times. Um, but like I think the point there, though, is a lot of the time the women are kept away from everybody mm-hmm. else. Yeah, and they do play in a very different bit of the city and stuff. Well, they inter women seem to play in about four different places across the season. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Lewandowski is a, a ridiculously massive name in the world of football. Um, and that must have been quite a surreal moment. Um, she's been playing for their B team. Um, they won the league. She scored four times. I think she scored in, like, she, she scored quite a crucial goal from what I can work out, like towards the end of the season or in the last game of the season or whatever. Um, so she's playing regular football, you know, albeit B team level, but I imagine the Barcelona B team is quite something. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably mid table, so they have me like. I think maybe third. <laughs> because there's two really good teams in Italy and in Rome and Juve, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, was that the dog? Yeah, he's just parted <laughs> off. Someone must have food somewhere. But um, so yeah, she, by the sounds of it, is has sort of taken to life in another country at such a young age incredibly well. Um, we know that Barcelona's academy is a very, very well-run thing. Um, in a men's sense, it might not have quite spat out the same rate of talent in the last maybe five years. Than it had previously. But... <laughs> they still got Pedro, Gavi, and Ansu Fati on the first team. And, <laughs> and Balde as well. <laughs> Araujo too. Yeah. Um, so, relatively speaking, it's it's not actually been quite as prolific in the last yeah. five years. Well, in that they don't have been. 15 players. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still an absolutely ridiculous academy that any young player does and should want to be a part of. Mm. And she is. Um, and... You know, she, she goes to this World Cup and has a big, sort of has an impact of some sort, be it a goal or one one big performance. It'll be really interesting to see how long it takes before she is actually featuring for Barcelona mm. for the senior team because you know that that is the pinnacle, um, pretty much of the. Remind me, who, I can't remember who won the Champions League now for some reason. Barca. Yeah. There you go. Um, in, in my head, it's just always Leo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Non-stop. Um, so, yeah, that is the pinnacle of, <laughs> of the women's club game. And she, in theory, is not very far away from being a mm-hmm. part of it, which is ridiculous and is also a great thing for Italy. Um, it probably precludes her... If you know things go well at Barcelona in the first team, it precludes her from probably ever playing in Serie Familia, apart from maybe if she's like much older. Um, or if if the league rapidly gets better, um, 
or if she just wants to come home, which for Italians yeah. is quite a big pull factor. Yeah, I just mean if she does manage to become like a star, kind of, you know, the, yeah. the best Italian player that there is, kind of thing, um, then that probably wouldn't be happening in Italy. But, 16! I know. What were you mean, doing at 16? Uh, I sold school uniform for a bit. <laughs> you sold school? What, like your own? No, in a shop. <laughs> I, I used to barcode it in, in, in the warehouse and stuff. It was a good job, I like that. Um, you were working at 16? I was working at 15, I worked at an auction. I used to hold lawnmowers in the air while people bidded on, among other random crap. I was... 15 for the evening. The, my summer as a 16-year-old was spent volunteering for my local League of Ireland club as groundsman slash kitman. That feels like that shouldn't be a volunteer role. <laughs> Welcome to the League of Ireland. Yeah. Everything's a volunteer role. Volunteer kitman. They're um, a Premier Division then as well. Funny. Yeah, I put the nets up once and that was the peak of my time there. Because then I went to the match that night and I was like, I put those nets up. I yeah. put the lines on that pitch. You get scared if someone scores and it goes right through. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, putting nets up isn't easy, though. That, that's not an easy job. No, it was good. I was quite proud of myself. Anyway, that's a weird little dual anecdote there. <laughs> but yeah, bottom line, she's doing way more than we were at 16. Um, and hopefully it's only up and up. But like I say, there's a good chunk of that interview is on our website. If you If you Google... Who is Julia Dragoni? Hopefully it'll come up. I've not actually Yeah, and if it doesn't, it. skip all of the other results and click on yeah, ours, please. Yeah. Make, make it rise. Um, and if you want the entire... Obviously, it's been linked to for the, the entire interview. Because it was quite a long one. It was a very good one. So, yeah, that is her. What would you like to round off on? Oh, what would I like to round off on? I don't know. I'm sitting here on my Italy shirt. Gredge <laughs> on the back. Yeah. I I think this is Bertolini's last tournament. Yeah. I've just thrown that at you, so I apologise. But I do think it is time to try something else. Like, Patrizia Panico's out of a job now since leaving Fiorentina. I'm not sure if that would necessarily be progress, but it's trying something different, which I think needs to now happen. Yeah, I mean... It's been there quite a while for, for a national team coach. Um, you know, there, there is often... I mean, there's just loads of manager turnover everywhere now. But um, it's quite... You know, th- things like that Euros that didn't go well, um, that could often spell the end for a national team coach. So I think if, 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 they, if they really stink at this World Cup and say they get one point or two points or whatever... Then I think it's going to be it's going to be curtains regardless of, mm. <laughs> of whether of whether she chooses or not because you know if you, if you essentially fail at two tournaments um, in a row you can't really expect to be kept around yeah um, but like you say even if it goes well you know there's a lot of new players coming through it's not, probably not the worst idea to stick a I don't want to say younger because that feels mean but you know what I mean I need <laughs> fresher coach. Obligatory mention, you've mentioned there's a lot of players coming through. We've spoken about the teenagers who are in the squad. Obligatory mention of Matilda Palvan too. Mm. She she still exists. She's there in spirit. 
And the idea of uh, an Italy team going forward with Pavan, Beccari and Dragoni in it is, it's quite fun, isn't it? This is one of the things I wanted to talk about, actually, because whenever there's an international tournament, men or women, I always get really sad in a way in the (laughs) build-up because I start thinking about the likes of Pavan, who's not there through injury, or Sadagama, who got left out. Yeah. Um, And you look at all the social media content and stuff, and they're having such a good time. Yeah, yeah. And it just makes me sad that they'll be seeing all of that unless they're making a conscious effort not to. Um, you'd argue, you could argue it's, it's probably even more sad for Sally Gamma because she expected to go um, yeah she's been there and had her I think the, the Pavan thing is sadder because she had a breakthrough season of her life in the same team as her best mate mm. on loan from rival clubs at the same club she made her Italy debut in April and was the best player on the pitch so she was going to be like fulfilling a dream and going to this World Cup and then she does her ACL with a couple of games left of the season, gets left out, and her best mate goes. And that, that's sadder in the immediate sense. I think Saragama is sadder in a, in a bigger picture sense. Because pa- Pavan mm. will... She she will do this again. Um, you know, she has all the talent to, to just be at the next tournament. Um, you know, it's still horrible. But I think she could probably just about rationalise it like that. Whereas for Saragama, she knows that like that, that chapter is done now. Um, and I find that sad. Oh, yeah, it, it, they're all sad, aren't they? They are all sad. Oh, I, I, I toyed with doing this podcast outside, and I was worried about the rain, because it's quite a bit dark. But it's actually been lovely sun the whole time. But yeah, it's just gotten sunny here. I stayed inside because somebody was bashing pots around in their garden. But, you know, we, we don't like interruptions on this podcast. Unless there are animal interruptions, obviously. Yeah, that's fine. I don't know where he's gone now because I've I've ended up shutting him in here with me. Yeah, oh. mine's been mine's been taken away. <laughs> well, no one's going to take the cat. I just saw him getting lifted into a car. Like other other person who also oh, lives in this house, away. I should say. Yeah, yeah, he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant out the room. Not, no, not no, out no, the out, out the house, maybe out the town. I was going to say not even just for a stroll because he's gone in the car. Yeah. <laughs> right, I think. That is us. A very speedily reminder of when Italy play. I'm not I'm not running through the actual times again, but the dates. Um, I'll, you, I'll give you the European time. So Monday, July 24th, Argentina at 8 o'clock. These are all European times. Saturday, July 29, Sweden at half nine. Wednesday, August 2nd, South Africa at nine. Those are your dates. Like we say, total hype in Italian football. You can find a complete guide with all of that. There will be previews of each game. There's going to be, obviously, coverage of each game, including post-match quotes, etc. We're um, doing the games in slightly more depth than you may be used to if you've followed, uh, like, Serie A men's coverage um, on the website in the past. And if you go at the top, there's a little tab that says National Teams and then Azzurri, then you will find loads of stuff. There's why do Italian... There's also the Women's World Cup section. Yeah, true. It's, it's all in two different sections. Um, why do national teams wear blue? How did Italy get to the World Cup? What's their best ever World Cup? Uh, all the squad members, the thing about Giulio Dragoni, uh, five players to watch, other podcasts, if you want to go back, if you didn't hear any. The actual squad itself, there's millions of it. Go and click it all. 
and then also tell your friends who might be interested. Share yeah, those. and share it on your social media app of choice. Yeah, because there's so many. I won't tell you which one. <laughs> Not yeah. Snapchat though. Don't put it on there. Because who's going to see that? I don't. If you, if you listen, if you use Snapchat, stop listening <laughs> to the podcast, please. I'd like to think that nobody. Then again, some people who are older than you'd think use it. Stop listening to the podcast. <laughs> I've got friends who still regularly use it, and I find that mental. We were sat around the table last night having dinner. Um, it was myself, my sister, and her boyfriend, and a notification came through on someone's phone, and I was thinking to myself, I recognise that notification mm. sound, but I don't know why. And then I, I was thinking, is that Snapchat? And then my sister's boyfriend just goes, is that Snapchat? And then my sister just got ridiculed for using <laughs> Snapchat. I still have the app just because I've got one or two friends who exclusively communicate on it. So if I need Crazy. to actually get their attention, then I'll use that. Not just the text bit. I'm not sending pictures of my face to people. Um, but anyway, we've gone off <laughs> again. So, so let's end it there. Um, we will be... Are we doing a pod after each game? Yeah, we are. So there you go. We'll be back after. We'll be together for one of the games. The first game, am I right in saying? Second. Second. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we'll be we'll be at Kev's house. Yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> in, inexplicably. <laughs> that'll be a weird podcast. Mm. We keep, p- keep pushing the bar for weird Are podcasts. we all obliged to be topless then? Uh, maybe. Maybe the third game, I don't know. <laughs> Imagine we'll be back in our respective houses then. No, I'll be still there that morning. I'm oh, leaving yeah. that morning. Are you missing that game then? Yeah, you're going to have to cover it. Um, but anyway, wrap it. Come on. <laughs> but yeah, we'll be back in a few few days or so with that. What's that? Well, I have to say a few days, about a week. Um, go to the website, click all the stuff, read it all. Total Hyphen Italian Football. Say goodbye, Connor. See ya. Bye.